Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So, hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. Today's Half Hope's birthday, so we gave him a bye, essentially. He's not here. Carl is preparing to travel to somewhere in Europe. I don't know who Manchester United are playing on Thursday, but that's where Carl is. So, emergency guest, but someone who I think should be a good time. We got the homie Mohammed. Now, boot or butt? The you know the just the, the the name which in the nineties was just a curse, which <laughs> nowadays is fantastic. You know, like if if I, if I was growing up now, Mohammed Butt, your name is Butt. That's amazing. Beyonce, you know, she turned my name around, but she did it too late to benefit me. You know, but God bless her. Thank you, Beyonce. Mohammed, where where can people follow you before we get into this? Uh, on Twitter at Mohammed Butt, M U H A M A D B U W T. Mostly just I'm on Twitter chatting the breeze, talking about football. A bit less restrained than they used to be, but you know, <laughs> expressing my dismay at how Man United are good, but there's still a lot of problems, and just trying to enjoy Barcelona without, you know, every time thinking something's going to go wrong, and of course, you know, two best defenders get injured on the international break. It is what it is. How do you strike that balance between United and Barcelona? Like, which one is more of your heart? Is it is, is it more United? Oh, United more. You know, United is United is more of the heart because it was that's from when I was a kid, like when I was a kid, kid. Uh, Barca was it, it started you're not going to believe me when I tell you this but it, Barca started because you remember their Kappa kits in the 90s those sick Kappa kits with the, yeah. the, the ones Ronaldo played in and Guardiola yeah the ones that like, like kind of silky yeah I was like yeah. those are some nice shirts man I like this team like I, I knew who they were they, they smashed United 4-0 and they were a great team they were European champions and all this and that but I was like I like that those shirts man they're sick and then Ronaldo I, I like Guardiola because he was the most Pakistani-looking non-Pakistani in football. <laughs> like, they're on a Pakistani in football. So I was like, like who looks like a Pakistani? It's like, kind of like a Pakistani. So I, like, I liked him and turned out he was good. And then the main man, R9, Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. There's only one Ronaldo, folks. Don't anyone else tell you different. No Europeans need to play. There's only one Ronaldo. And, um, yeah, and so that was, that was it. And that, that hooked me. And then it was – and then just um, – as Carl, Carl was here, he'd tell you all about my obsession with intellectual rigor in football. Like, and it has to make sense to me. 
And so the way that he, the way that Cruyff does football and explains football and Guardiola had done it and Louis van Gaal, that made sense to me. So Barcelona became not not like not purely intellectual, but that really stimulated the intellectual side. I went to university. It was like Ronaldinho, yeah, all of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was just. Mm-hmm. But United's from when I was a kid, man. From when I was coming camp, and I was just the coolest thing on the planet. And it was just obviously 2009, 2011. I had these these amazing finals where it was like I can't lose. But also, mm-hmm. it's like that means I can't win because it's it's like either way, you're sort of like it's sort of not tainted, but like you're still feeling sad for one half of you. But you know, United have um, been absolutely ter- terrible since basically since Wembley. <laughs> so, barring oh, one season, so okay. it's been it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. What people who pick more than one team, I feel like you're cheating. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely, hundred percent cheating. Like this is it's like. <laughs> If I could go, if I could go back to tell my young self, my ten-year-old, twelve years old, I'd be like, "Don't do that. That's cheating. That's that's such a it's such a dick thing to do." But like, I can't. You know, I made no choice. Do you know what I mean? Like, back, yeah. back in the day, now, it's hundred percent cheating. Totally cheating. But it's like it's it's poetic justice that the last, let's say, four years ish, for both of your teams has been oh like. Oh yeah, pure. Oh yeah, pure banter era. Terrible. Since 2019 through. Well, because the United came out of lockdown quite well, didn't they? They had that little period where where Bruno was was good, but but yeah, like essentially neither like Barca were really 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 like best team ever, best team in the world. 2008 to 2000, and let's say 12, 13 really when Tito <laughs> uh, had to leave. And then since then, they've been in a steady sort of state of decline, which it sounds weird to say because they want to treble. But tactically, that was that was a completely different kind of football. And it was always not sustainable because it was always built around MSN. So they've tactically been in decline. And as mm-hmm. you know, my need to make, for things to make sense, it's been kind of, ooh. But yeah, United have been pure banter era <laughs> for basically a decade now. And, you know, it's fair. It, it's when, when I say that when people are like, oh, you, you like United? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, sorry. I'm like, no, don't feel sorry. They suck, <laughs> and they they suck because of them. Their own decisions. No one's foisted this on them. Well, the mm-hmm. Glazers, but even with the Glazers, they've made terrible decision after terrible decision. It's their own fault they're in this mess. Yeah, and you know, and also from my part, my point of view, when the part, the time of my life when I had nothing else but football really to care about, United were amazing, and like when I was thirty. United stopped being amazing, started being a bit rubbish. But then I had, you know, kids, a wife, family. But okay, United suck now. But they were they were great while I was while I while I really cared. And and it's just funny. <laughs> and you see, obviously, and it's the whole Fergie ruined your childhood thing. And that sounds like a. It sounds it's like it's all United fans have to cling to. But it's true. Fergie did ruin a lot of childhoods, man. People are legit angry because of this dude. Because week year after year, it would be like, come on, it's like Pep's doing the same thing now with City. Like there'll be kids in ten years, like. Oh, that Guardiola, I hate the guy. I interviewed Zit, Zito Madu, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. who who has a book coming out. So congratulations to him. And he supports three clubs. It's Arsenal, Marseille, and Milan. And I was like, how did yeah. how how did that happen? And he went through the story. That, that, but that's, but that's I'm like, sense, it's it's exactly you. the same thing where like all yeah. three of those clubs were great 90s, 2000s. So it's so it makes sense how you could get caught. But then it's the 2020s. So, <laughs> to be fair, Zito and Marseille is a match made in heaven, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is. Yes. It, 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 his whole vibe is just Marseille. It just mm. screams Marseille. That, that makes 
so much sense. It doesn't even, it's yeah, perfect. You just get caught up in it. You know what I mean? Like, again, like I said, if I, if I was to go back, like if I was now, like my son now, he's like, he was a Barca fan. And uh, he, I, I thought, you know, you're going to like Barcelona, you're going to like United. He was like, yeah, cool, sick. Then United were rubbish. And he's like, I don't like United anymore. And now, now he hates United. Now he roasts, roasts me. <laughs> when United are losing, he's like actually making fun of me. Like, it's, it's hilarious. But he stuck with Barca. He likes Barca. But then when Messi left the PSG, he was on oh, some, I'm going to score PSG now. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I like PSG. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm like telling him off. Like, you, you're not allowed to like PSG. That, they're a bad club. <laughs> Oh wow! You know, and it's just, oh, and it's just, it's yeah. just but you, you, but you get sucked into it, and but that's sports washing. That's how it works, bro. Yeah, because people, you know, kids, kids aren't going to think of the the more the morality of of Qatar owning uh, and their and their you know labor camps. They're going to see <laughs> Messi and Mbappe and and Neymar, and they be like, I like this team. This team's sick. Do you play you know, FIFA? FIFA generation. You, yeah, exactly. I was, yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, like, do you still play FIFA? I didn't for years, but I got FIFA 21 and I got 22, sorry, and I've got 23. So, yeah, and they're, they're amazing on FIFA. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like cheating to play as them. But it, there's, there's this, there's, there's a dynamic that I've noticed, especially since that trio came together, because I play seasons. PSG is yeah. basically the only team, PSG and City are the teams that you see most often. But that wasn't the case when in 21 or 20 or 19. So the, the the element of sports washing where PSG are becoming an ever-present in our lives, Jordan brand, all of these different types of things, yeah. it's becoming normalized to the point. And then obviously the there's a World Cup in Qatar. So yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. They've, they've wedged their way in. Same with... It's worked. It's, of course, it's, it's, same, same, it's, same it's with what? Saudi Arabia and what they're going to do with Newcastle and the golf thing yeah. that they're up to. Like it's oh god, yeah. it is what it is. The one thing, the one, the one sort of respite I take about PSG is it's the it's the Jadakiss line, the, 50, the Jadakiss fifty cent disc. You should just sell clothes and sneakers out of your whole camp. Your flow's the weakest, right? That's it. With that's the thing about PSG is they they can't they they should they they're a great lifestyle brand. They're a better lifestyle brand than a football team, you know. Their football is is despite all the brilliant players they have, it's it's individually impressive, but like it, there's nothing collective about it, nothing beautiful about it. It's 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 a garish, ostentatious display of wealth by a sovereign state, you know, in the <laughs> Middle East. It's not classy. Now, they've got Gautier in, I think specifically to make it look make it classy. And the, the formation they're playing, the three five, the three, four, one, two, it might actually succeed in making it classy, but it's still just feels garish do you know what i mean it still mm-hmm. feels like it's just it's and it's yeah they're, they're a better they're an amazing lifestyle brand some of their gear has been outstanding like, i would never buy it but it's been pretty great but then like you said it doesn't matter about that because look mbappe's been cover star psg fifa last two years right he's mm-hmm. he's everywhere P- the psg kit is everywhere they're, they're embedded their nasa lakalafi is a chairman of the eca so you know they've got They've worked their way in now. It's worked for them. They've got their World Cup coming up. Yeah. You know, City are no one talks about. I mean, everyone's going crazy over Haaland, and rightly so. He's amazing. But like, where'd the money come from? How do they? How do they pay for his agent fees and all that? Chelsea are, are, are a great example of how it's completely worked because no one even talks about that anymore. Hey, They're hey, just accepted. Hey, as... hey, 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 easy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know what I mean, though, right? And, and it's like, and even. Even the Glazers, the funny thing is about the Glazers, if they actually just invested like normal human beings, they wouldn't, they, their whole 
the project would have worked as well. The, the, the thing is, the reason why they're so vilified is because they refuse to invest and they take money out of the club. Like, if Todd, if Todd Bowley keeps up, inve- I mean, he's not going to invest this much every year, obviously, but if he keeps investing <laughs> in the club and, and, and rebuilds the training ground and what have you, what have you, it'll work for him too. It'll work for FSG. It's only now starting to come back on them because they need to spend to rebuild the team and they're not doing it. Right, because no one's been dumb enough to do what Barca did in 2018 when they gave them uh, 100 and whatever it was million for Coutinho. No one's been dumb enough to do that again. Like, oh yeah, let, let's we give them 100 million for for Salah. Yeah, no one's no one's done that. UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every game from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time and extra time and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. There was a derby on the weekend where one of your teams played arguably the best team in the world and it didn't go too great at least the first half I think the second half you guys did better or maybe City took their foot off the gas but that first half I mean what was yeah. that it's like watching a polar bear fight a kitten like <laughs> just, just absolutely I said it was brutal it was it was and it wasn't even that I think you know well no you know no you know what a better metaphor is it was like a watching a great like I'm watching Frozen Planet on BBC iPlayer great series by the way there was a bit where a giant bull a a fully grown male was trying to kill a a little cub polar bear cub and eat it because it was so hungry and that's what it was like watching the derby was watching a little polar bear cub who's just built who's nowhere near being finished who's just building himself up just starting fighting basically the apex predator of the universe (laughs) and it was just an absolute beatdown. did the cub survive in the actual series or no yeah yeah yeah. because i was was gonna come to that the mom the mom in the series the mom comes along and fights off the okay see i was worried i was worried i was worried for the cub like my cute animal side was just like oh no (laughs) so i i needed resolution but go ahead no, no, no. The, the, the mum, the mum, the mummy comes along and fights off. The, I okay. don't know who the mummy is in my metaphor. That's where it falls apart, I think. But you know, <laughs> the, the mummy came along and was like, because she was off eating, and then so then what? She left her kids alone. She's eating and eating and eating and enjoying it. And then the bull's like, "Oh, I can go eat these cubs now." And so he comes along, and then the mum comes along and is like, "Get away from my kids!" It was brilliant. First half was just brutal. First half was just a massacre. It was look, it's everything uh, uh, United did against Liverpool, where they where they came out and they pressed high and they were ferocious and they were intentional, right? You can't do that to City for more than unless you catch them on the hop, on the back foot straight away. And really, to that, you need to be in your own yard. You can't do that in at, at the Etihad because their fans, whatever fans they are there, are on their side. It's they're so good at keeping the ball, even when you try to press them, uh, you give up unless you win the ball back straight away. And only Liverpool really at Anfield can do this. You just, you just, what do you do? They, they move the ball around your press so quickly that you just don't even want to press. Then you just stop and you retreat into a defensive shape because you're too afraid of them pinging the ball around your press and picking you off. And especially now they've got, they've got the flipping Terminator up front. You know, this, this absolute machine of, of goals. They're the perfect organism. They're like, what is that? What is the line in George? You know, it's the perfect killing machine. All it does is eat, sleep, and make other shots. All they do is pass, press, and score goals. City are unreal. 
Guardiola already built basically the perfect team in Barcelona. Um, now he's done it again, essentially. Like, it, like all that's going to stop City is depth in def- having like a defensive injury crisis, where they because their defenders aren't the greatest, but collectively they're good enough to sort of get through with City's powerful attack. So only a devastating injury crisis is going to stop them. They're so good at everything. So it's not even, you know, like when you know Gary Neville said on commentary, this is worse than Brentford about the game mm-hmm. and I, I i was like no it's not it's nowhere near as bad as brentford or brighton those were humiliating because united should have been beating those teams and they were outthought and outrun and out organized this is just this is like yeah they got absolutely smashed by city and don't get me wrong losing six three is never good especially to your most uh local rivals but they're literally like you said they're the best team in the world <laughs> this is, they are the best team in the world they have been the best team in the world for basically five years Maybe minor, well, minor exception for that one year where they fell off a bit and sit Liverpool won the Premier League. You know, they, they, they can't win the Champions League, which is hilarious, but that doesn't mean that they're not the best because the Champions League is a cup competition. They're unreal. Everything they do is perfect. Foden is now coming into his own, really as a difference maker in the final third. Him and Haaland have a devastating chemistry when Foden can actually get his head up and pass the ball. Haaland is too quick. Fo- uh, De Bruyne is too good on the ball. Bernardo Silva is the sort of like the most underrated great player maybe in the world like there's a reason Barca spent that like they don't, I mean, they don't have two pennies to rub together to make a third they're like no we're going to buy Bernardo Silva there's a reason right it's mm-hmm. like and they've got a great midfield themselves they've got probably the best midfield three as a trio out there with Busquets Pedri and Gavi and they still want Bernardo why because he's that good he's so such a great organizer such a great presser he moves the ball well he's always making selfless runs off the ball whether to create space or to provide a passing option he's just utterly key to everything they do and you know and then he's just one of their four key players do you know what i mean yeah like you take one of them out the rodri didn't even play and they didn't miss him really ukundavan stepped in did a great job just like he did at wembley for germany just calmly win the ball up passing it around you know i had chances there were some half chances early on maybe if if Martial had been fit to start the game you know who knows right but it's it's always like that with city it's like oh, who knows Maybe if something had gone wrong. And, you know, sometimes stuff does go wrong, like in the Champions League. But look at City last year when they played Chelsea twice, absolutely massacred them. Played Liverpool twice, absolutely massacred them. Forget what the results were, the scorelines, the performances. Mm. It was like they were playing a different sport to everyone else. And then they went and signed (laughs) the most devastating goal scorer in the world. What do you make specifically of Haaland and how he's been integrated into the team? If if you see his uh, his Instagram responses after he scores all these hat tricks, it's like nobody believed yeah, yeah. in us, but God did. I think I understand where he's coming with that because there was a question of does Haaland work with Pep? There was that idea mm. that you look that that you look at how Haaland plays, and you think yeah. has has Guardiola ever succeeded with a style of striker or a striker with a yeah. style like that? And the answer is yeah. I don't think so. So how is this going to work? How is it going to blend? And the answer is, if you put a striker with goal-scoring instincts in the the team that you just described with Silva, Foden, Gundogan, De Bruyne especially, he's going to score a lot of goals. It should have been obvious, but I don't know how obvious it was at the beginning. So I, I do kind of understand, like, nobody believed in me. Although I do think he's playing it up a bit. But... Obviously, we didn't see 14 and 7 or 8 or whatever it is. I think he's on pace for 67 goals in the league. I don't know <laughs> how sustainable that is, but like, did did you see this level of production or somewhere near it? 
Yeah. I, you on did? the Squawker podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I knew he I said he'd smash he'd smash all the goal scoring records. I mean, maybe not 67 goals this he, but I knew I said he'd break the records. He could get 40 or 50. I it, well, it doesn't surprise me at all. The questions were valid in so much as you look at last season, the way he played in that Dortmund team, mm-hmm. you could see look, his touch isn't the greatest. He doesn't really link play to speak of. He can go missing in games. You know, he got bottled up by Rangers in the in the Europa. Oh no, no, not Rangers. Sorry, he didn't play Europa. League. Ajax, sorry, absolutely mangled him. Lissandro Martinez, you know, two foot tall, Argentine centre back, absolutely bodied him, right? Oh, wow. So he could have been, he could be stopped. But that wasn't so much a floor in his game as it was he was playing for Borussia Dortmund under Marco Rosa who was not the greatest coach in the world mm. um and they were a they were a disorganized mess and they didn't know how to use him properly and then you know we had those early season games oh we only touched the ball eight times or whatever ha 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 but the thing is Guardiola is a very very clever person right so with me with Lionel Messi right when he had Messi as the centerpiece of his Barca team he wants Messi touching the ball all the time because Messi's a playmaker at his heart, right? He's a magnificent playmaker. He wants Messi to be the hub of everything. Everything runs through Messi and it worked, right? When he was at Bayern Munich and he had Lewandowski, similar-ish kind of thing in that Lewandowski is a striker, a great goal scorer, but who is also excellent at uh, manipulating the ball, passing the ball, being a creative force. But also there with Bayern, he had Thomas Muller and that, Duo, he had, he had, he would always play Muller in like central midfield, attacking midfield, almost behind Lewandowski, and that duo was very creative by itself. With with City, as we've seen the last few years since the decline of Aguero and then the departure of Aguero, he's loaded the team up with just it's creative players, wall to wall creative players, to the point where you're thinking they really need someone because they can't shoot themselves out of out of a hole. That's why it was like when they were down two 0 against Villa, you're thinking, oh, they might have actually done this. They're throwing the title away because that was not a side that you expected to be able to shoot its way out of trouble because there's no goal scorer right there's no there's no one to put the team on their back and just sort of carry them now as it happened Gundogan stepped up big time for them right Sterling had a great cross you know basically the three subs Sterling Zinchenko and Gundogan stepped up big time in that game to get them over the line but that's not something you could sustainably do right every game you know have rely your three subs to change the game perfectly I think it was one assist for, for, for Zinchenko one assist for Sterling and two goals for Gundogan you can't that's not going to happen every game. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you need to have a striker. And he knew this because that's why he tried to sign Kane. The Champions League final was a clear sign that as much as the false line system is great, there are going to be times where you just need a big lad up top to score goals. Try to sign Harry Kane because Kane can do both big lad, number nine duties and play false nine. Didn't work. And really, Dan Levy is going to be thinking, why didn't I sell them Harry Kane? What have I done? (laughs) because <laughs> then Harlem would have gone to Real Madrid would have gone somewhere else and they were and you know Kane would have scored a lot of goals for Man City don't get me wrong but Harlem's going to score an avalanche because Harlem what Harlem has that Kane doesn't have is ace and power like there were games in the early games where he was just holding like carrying defenders piggybacking them almost you know oh, yeah. like yeah. De, Bruyne can, De Bruyne can just pass the ball five yards behind them and he just behind defenders, he just runs through them like they're not even there. Do you like, know? I would in the Premier League, I would only back Koulibaly to engage with him physically. I, I would describe it, and I hate using like NFL metaphors because I don't know if people even watch it. But <laughs> it's, it's about it. Yeah, it's about there's point. if if you think about Randy Moss or or Calvin yeah. Johnson or one of those players, yeah. Dante Culpepper didn't need to be as accurate with his passes. He just needed to mm-hmm. throw it in the area 
of Randy Moss, right. and Randy Moss would catch yeah. it. All of the quarterbacks that Calvin Johnson played with in his time with Detroit, mm-hmm. which must have been mm-hmm. 30. Actually, I, it was probably Matt Stafford. Just just throw it in the region of Calvin Johnson, and he will make the catch. He will make your throw look better. And I feel like exactly. De, De Bruyne is an elite quarterback, if we're extending this metaphor. And Haaland yes. increases the, the margin of error. It's the worst possible outcome for anybody who is not a Manchester City fan that that combination exactly. exists. You know what I mean? Yes. And you, and you, I mean, look, look at last night, uh, Niners, uh, Rams, right? There's like Jimmy G makes a terrible throw. It's way too high. It's behind his man. And Debo Samuel inexplicably <laughs> somehow reaches up, plucks the thing out of the sky, stop it being a pick, and then runs through like four guys. <laughs> And like 60 yards, it's close to touchdown. Yeah. 60 yards touchdown. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, Jimmy G got a touchdown. That was a terrible <laughs> throw by Jimmy Garoppolo. It was not good. It was late. It was high. And it turned into a touchdown because great players, like, and he is, Debo Samuel is that same sort of player, I think. Just like absolutely ridiculous cheat code kind of guy. Megatron, great example. I mean, Randy Moss. I mean, look, guys, if you want to get a verb, he's a verb. He's a verb. Randy Moss is a verb. Listen, (laughs) Moss, straight cash, homie. Listen, if you watch the NFL and Randy Moss, I pity people that didn't watch the NFL when Randy Moss was there because I'm telling you, oh my God. Randy Moss on the Vikings, Randy Moss 07 Patriots. Oh, baby. That was something else. Um, And I hate the Patriots, but my my days, you can only respect it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Holland is like that. And that's the scary thing, right? Because City had to be previously. City had to be so good. They had to be perfect every time to win games because their football was so precise and they had such a small margin for error with no great, no real goal scorer. They had to be perfect. And even when they had Aguero and he was on fire, Aguero was a tiny little man. Mm. So again, you still have a margin for error because he can bang it in from all kinds of angles, but you still have to give him the ball in a reasonable amount of space. Like he, he's not going to yeah. do anything against the pack, pack defense, right? You can swarm the defense. He's going to struggle because he's tiny. Harland is a, is has that finishing that Aguero has, and he's massive. Six, six, four, yeah, six, six, five, six, four, six five, five, yeah. Strong. He's fast. He can he can head the ball if you put the crosses in. There was that whole thing where he don't touch the ball. He doesn't have to touch the ball. He comes deep now to now and then to touch it because he doesn't want to touch it. But he can he can be ignored in the game, and he has the intelligence to just switch on like a drop a drop of a hat. Make a run in behind. De Bruyne finds him, and it's a goal. West Ham in the opening day of the season was a great example of that because City were getting nothing in that game, and then De Bruyne and then Gundogan plays that pass into Holland. He just like in a splash, he's gone, and he wins a penalty. The the margin for error he gives City is terrifying because Liverpool have always had this margin for error, right? Oh, we're not playing well. It's okay. Mohamed Salah will save us, right? Or or Sadio Mane will save us. Yeah, and they have they did multiple times. They saved Liverpool, right? They always had that margin for error where they could play poorly and still win. Real Madrid are the gods of margin for error. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole game plan is, look, we've got great players. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about us. So the amount yeah. of times you watch Real Madrid play terribly. Again, even this weekend, I was expecting them to win that game against Osasuna. They were not playing well at all. But I thought, they'll still win because they're Real Madrid. It's what they do. Don't play yeah. well, but then Modric, Benzema. And they had a penalty. You know, I mean, they could have won it. but Yeah, know, no, they, they should have won it. Benzema missed a penalty. City are like Barcelona. They play with a margin for error, with a margin for error. And that was the problem Chelsea ran into and they took out as well because they didn't have a goal scorer was their margin for error was so thin. They had to be immaculate defensively every time. And you just aren't going to do that every time. Right. There are going to be games where it doesn't work, where you need to help, where you need someone, someone to just step up and bail you out of trouble. And they didn't, they haven't had that until Sterling and Aubameyang, they might give them some of that this season, which is going to be their saving grace. But 
when you can't shoot yourself out of trouble, it's a problem. And look, Barcelona, again, you know, they had that margin of error. They signed Lewandowski. He's got like, what is it, like nine goals already in the league of the season. At the weekend, they're playing against Mallorca. Mallorca were just as good as them, if not better. Mallorca had more good chances than Barcelona, if we're being honest. Barcelona won the game. Why? Because Lewandowski scored an absolute banger of a goal. You know, when there was no <laughs> no chance, great half chance. And they it. it, you know, it's it's such a cliche, and I hate it. But there's a there's a reason why goal scorers a get paid the most, and b we get all the acclaim. It's I hate to sound like Roy Keane, but it is the hardest thing to do, and it's the most valuable thing to do, and it gives you so much margin for error mm. with everything else you want to try. And City have that. That's what's so scary. City now have the same margin for error that Liverpool had with Salah and Mane. Yeah, and they have it in one guy, and and they've got Foden, who's the same age, who's lethal in his himself and developing. I mean, they both got hat tricks, man. Two hat tricks from two twenty-two year olds. And City will say boyhood City fans. I mean, I don't know how much Holland actually was a boyhood City fan, so much as his dad just played there. But you know, it's mad. It's it's they are frightening. Let's talk about your boys, though. It wasn't bad in the second half, but again, I feel like City. When you're up four, let's just not lose it from here. But it could have it could have been way worse. But I I feel like you guys played better. And number one, the the goal from Anthony won't be remembered as much, but crazy goal. Um, and then you have Martial comes on, scores a couple. So I'm thinking like, okay, if you lose six three, if we reduce that, it's two one. It's not that bad if we do some. Slight math here. Off the basis of the first half, you're thinking this could be 10. Like, it was it was brutal. And it was like, oh, dear. And it felt not exactly like that, but it felt had the same sort of vibe of the Liverpool Man United game where they were firing up by, by, by an hour, uh, by the hour mark. And if they had gone for it, they absolutely could have scored 10 that day. Uh, United just need to be thankful that Jurgen Klopp took mercy on them. And he honestly, he took mercy on them. Because if Liverpool had wanted to, they could have scored 10 that day. United were offering nothing. In resistance, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this this felt, it was kind of like that, but not quite as depressing because you knew that, okay, look, City are just too good. City are just too nice. United are actually have been doing good things. They had some half chances. It's not good, but it's not disastrous. And their second half was really, really good. It was really, I mean, look, again, absolutely correct. City totally took the foot off the gas after the hour mark, right? When all Pep made, I think, made five subs at once, didn't he? So it was like, they were like, okay, cool. Game's won. Let's chill. And so that was a factor in it. But Martial coming on, we've seen it at Liverpool, has an energising factor in the way United play. Definitely. He's, he's genuinely, when he fancies it, he's Benzema-esque when he fancies it. Oh, wow. Which, unlike Benzema, he doesn't really fancy it that often. But when he's on it, he's, he's, he's as good as anyone in the world. Uh, well, apart from like the top three, Benzema, Lewandowski, Haaland, or top four, and Mbappe. He's as good as anyone else. You see, uh, okay, my, my my comp with Martial, and I think it's because of their on-pitch temperament, has always been Anelka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he, he plays like Benzema. He plays like Benzema, but yeah, Anelka in terms of being a big old sulk and occasionally yeah. thinking so you should it's, be it's, better it's than It's kind of like you know? that where he can he'll pop he can pop up with two goals and you'd be like, Wow, how come we don't see this mm. every week? Yeah. And it's like I, I can't be bothered. Yes. He's 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 clearly he's one of those kids who's always been just been the best player on his team yeah. when he was like from Monaco from young 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 age and so he's never sort of 
I, 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 mean, I don't know him, so this is speculation on my part, but it's, he feels like he feels like the kind of kid who's the best player on his team and does never had to really buy into the idea of just absolutely putting everything into it because it's come so easy to him. Eden Hazard is another one like that. Antonio Cassano is literally like that. He's admitted that. That's child, what he was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just wanting to chill, enjoy <laughs> his life and have a good time. You know, and you know what? Balotelli yeah, even. You know? Now that I think about it. Yeah, but, oh, Balotelli, absolutely. I mean, he was... He was completely misunderstood because he was black. If he wasn't Af- uh, black, everyone would have been like, oh, yeah, classic Italian player. Because he was black, everyone was like, trying to put some you know, massive racist nonsense on the poor guy's shoulders. <laughs> but it, he's just Italian. That's what Italian stri- most Italian strikers are exactly the way Balotelli is. They just, you know, they're not black. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's just Italian striker. It's fine. You know, <laughs> it, it ruins everything, bro. It ruins everything. It's so annoying. no. I, I, I've, anyway. I've never thought about that through the lens of just like because I'm like that because I look at it and I think you're treating him like that because he's black. But then if you just if you yeah. reduce his personality to just he's grown up as an Italian, his life makes way more sense. He's an Italian striker. He's exactly he's, he doesn't really want to run around loads. He's very talented. He knows he's talented. You know, it's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's proper. It's just it makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, you know, so Martial, 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 he's amazing. He's great. He's really, really good. But he, Daniel Harris, the writer Daniel Harris says it mm-hmm. best, right? He says Martial's top level is as good as anyone in the world. The problem with Martial and the, and the reason why he's not one of the greats is because the, what the, what separates the great players from the average Joes is not the top level because almost anyone can have a nine out of ten performance, right, on their day. The best players are never below an eight. Every single week, they're an eight at least, and that's the difference. Martial can be a three, do you know what I mean? Two out of ten, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one out of ten. Whereas you look at like Messi was always, always an eight at least, right? When he was at his peak, I don't know what he's like now. That was yeah, PhD seven. Um, I watch PhD occasionally, I'm, I'm, I'm just being, <laughs> being uh, salty. Um, uh, you know, it, it's like Ronaldo at his peak. Well, Ronaldo was it's tough because he never really played, he didn't really play that well often, but he would always, he would always get you a goal or two goals almost every game, right? So it's it's at that bottom level, that, that ridiculous consistency. See, that's the thing Ronaldo has struggled to really struggle with as an old man, just to quickly go on to him. He's not doing anything differently to what he's always been doing, right? In the in the terms of like, he's he thinks he's the greatest thing in the world. He thinks he deserves special treatment. He works relentlessly hard in training. So he's like, why am I not starting, right? Because the thing is, previously, his physical level was such that his work rate, which is immense and commendable, to be clear, meant that he would, score a goal a game and so managers would say well this guy doesn't work doesn't press is annoying is self-centered but he scores a goal a game so i don't i have to live with that i have to find a way to get used to that to, to in- incorporate him again mm-hmm. it's that margin for error you know what i mean when you score you get leeway you get wiggle room to do other things or to not do certain things right right but he doesn't score anymore now because he physically he can't make those kind of runs that he used to and dominate in the way that he used to physically and so now all the other flaws that he has in this game, everyone's like, well, I don't, Ten Hag is like, well, I don't have to play this guy because he's not going to guarantee me a goal every game. Mm-hmm. And the commentators are still stuck in like 2015 or 2016. Like, <laughs> oh, he guarantees goals. No, he doesn't guarantee goals. He absolutely yeah. does not. He can get you goals. He's a very good finisher, but he does not guarantee goals. And he's absolutely detrimental to the way you want to play. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. 
you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Martial, on the other hand, is absolutely what you want. And I love Rashford. I'm like the number one defender of Marcus Rashford, except for maybe Carl. If someone makes bad about Rashford, <laughs> I will fight you. But Martial is so much better for the team up front than, than Marcus Rashford. It's, he, and that's not a knock on Rashford, because yeah. I think Rashford's quite good. But Martial is just different level because you can see the way he can hold the ball up. He can link the play. He, is, he has a game intelligence as a central striker that no one else at United has. And he brings the best out of Rashford on the left, for mm. example. Sancho on the wing also. Bruno Fernandes loves playing with Martial. You know, who, who could, and, uh, you know, Bruno Fernandes is one of those players who is just an output machine. I called him an accelerant back in the day. He's just gasoline. You pour him on a fire, he's going to burn it up. You pour him on concrete, it's just going to smell. You know, you've got to pour him on a fire. There has to be a fire there for him to him to make it go. Otherwise, it's just a weird smelling liquid. Martial makes the lines green. If we're looking at this from yeah. like a foot perspective, like he he enhances the chemistry of everybody. Oh, chemistry on a hundred. Well, thirty three now as it is with the with the new dot. Oh, is it? But yes. It's, yeah. Well, it's, it's a weird system. I don't. I don't like it. But yes, max chemistry. That's what he does. But he yeah. links perfectly. Everyone understands him. He understands everyone. It's just a matter of A, keeping him fit, and B, I think keeping him motivated won't be an issue this year because I think Ten Hag is the kind of coach that he's basically wanted ever since he joined United, right? Yeah. I mean, well, he had Van Gaal then, but like he what loves, I think he would absolutely thrive under the, a coach that's just going to keep on him, pushing him to do great things, but also giving him a clear idea of how to do those great things. Like Mourinho would be like, yeah, go out and win me the game, Anthony. And he'd be like, how? Okay, but how? <laughs> right? Do I do want to make it up? And the thing is, he's so talented, he can just make it up. But the thing is, that's a really bad habit to fall into. It's what I tell my son all the time about football when he's playing, whether he's playing FIFA or playing in real life. I'm like, look, even if you're one on one with the goal, don't try a flashy finish, nail it in the bottom corner because you want to develop habit. Because there's going to be a time in your life where you're going to be in that same situation under pressure. There'll be defenders around you and you're going to have to bury it. And you don't want to be thinking about all the times you try to flashy shots. You want to know 100% you know how to stick this, this ball in the corner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like Martial to make everyone more confident. Everyone knows what's going down with Martial. He understands what everyone's going to do. All right. And so I have I have one more question yeah. about United, and Go then on. we can move on to other things. Casemiro, how do you feel this yeah. is going to work or not work? Because I was surprised that he wasn't there. I'm not surprised if I'm being honest with you. I don't think Ten Hag wanted him at all. I don't think Ten Hag signed him. I oh, think Ten wow. Hag was like, look, Frankie or bust. I think Ten Hag was Frankie or bust. Because if Casemiro is not, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, he's not going to stay no to Casemiro, but the fact that he has to, he hasn't put him in there, everyone else went straight into the team. Ericsson, fresh off a heart attack, straight in the team. Malasia, <laughs> straight in the team. Uh, Sandra Martinez trained like one time, played half a game against Rio Vallecano, straight in the side. No so hesitation. Cool. Everyone, was, everyone was straight in the team, but Casemiro on the bench. Anthony, straight in the team, you know? So, so a club signing. But, what he said, didn't he? he said, well, I don't, I don't know this. It's just my speculation. But again, yeah, of he course, said, of course. 
Casemiro has to learn to play the way I want to play. Again, if you're Ten Hag and you've got, got, got a mission to transform Man United, you would start and you're spending 80 million on someone. My guess is you're spending on someone who knows how to play the way you want to play, not someone you have to teach how to do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Casemiro is good enough and he's got enough mental strength and, and will to win that he will absolutely figure out how to make it happen to some degree or another. It'll be more like Edson Alvarez more than Frankie Dion because Frankie can carry it and do all these all these things. But you look at Edson Alvarez and that's the kind of that's the prototype for Casemiro. Just the sweeping, the sweeping in front of the back four, and then just this very simple sort of radius of passing to the playmakers in front of him, right? Mm-hmm. That's what that'll be what he wants. McTominay is absolutely not good enough to start for Man United uh, on a regular basis. He's a he's a squad team, squad player. So Casemiro, I mean, I don't know how much longer he's going to keep this up. At some point, you figure I'll have to break because McTominay just isn't good enough. Um and Casemiro, even though he doesn't necessarily know the way to play under Ten Hag, is better than McTominay in almost every conceivable way. So let's see. But I, I think Casemiro will work, but I just think it won't. It will take a lot longer than people expect him because Ten Hag is like, well, he doesn't want him. I don't think he wanted him. And so he's going to have to integrate him and teach him the way to play Ten Hag-style football, which is different to what he was doing at Real Madrid, where he was just basically sweeping up after Tony Cruz. Like, Cruz can't be all the defending. Casemiro, you do it. And he's like, yes, sir, I can do that. <laughs> and um, you know, you look at the way Brazil play, and he's just sweeping up in midfield with Fred, you know, and 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 sweeping up behind Neymar and Rafinha and you know Vini, I guess now. Although Rafinha does his own sweeping too, very presses a lot. But he's he's a cover guy. He fills in gaps and he makes sure that the team doesn't get overexposed too much, right? But he's not that he's not a true defensive midfielder in the sense of. If you look at him play, there's all whenever Real Madrid have played, there's always, always, always been space, space between the lines of Real Madrid's midfield and defense. Always. Because he's not a true defense. He doesn't sit and patrol. He's not like Chuameni. Chuameni is a proper defensive midfielder. And you're, that's part, partly why Real Madrid were happy to let Casemiro go. Because mm-hmm. they know they have to evolve their midfield. And Casemiro was so good for them in part because he was just balanced countering Cruz. If Cruz isn't going to be a central part of your team anymore, which he, maybe he isn't, then Casemiro is just a flawed defensive midfielder. And he, he no longer, I don't want to say he doesn't work, but he's not like as indispensable as he was because you don't have Cruz to sort of balance out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so Truemeni is a proper defensive midfielder, like a proper footballer. And that's why he that's why they made that switch. And he'll be amazing for Real Madrid. He'll have a very long career there. And, you know, good luck to him. Uh, you don't mean that. Do you? Do you well, mean no, that? No, no, well, well, in the sense that Premier League fans should be happy that Liverpool didn't get him, is what I'm saying. Because I'm telling you, Liverpool's problems are like 80% uh, down to their midfield. You put Chouameni in that midfield, oh boy. Listen, Chouameni, okay. uh, Fabinho, and, T- and Thiago is a midfield three. You know, that's, as, that, that would have been serious business. As someone who's, um, how would I put this? I don't like saying I'm a Chelsea fan, but as someone who's um, affiliated I know with, with Chelsea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the idea that there are fans who are like, I would rather have Declan Rice than Chuamini. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying Rice is a bad player. I think he's decent. No, he's not. He's a Chelsea boy. He was a Chelsea boy. And it was yeah, his like, with Mason Mount. And the, the beauty of him playing with Mason Mount together with Chelsea in the Champions League is kind of lovely. But yes, like it's not... Like, come on, bro. It makes me sick, Muhammad. It's just, I, I, but I know why you want him instead of him, which is why I don't like being associated with this. 
Anyway, yeah. speaking of yeah, Chelsea, because well, yeah, like I said, racism ruins everything, my friend. It ruins everything. Too many is ten yeah. times the player Declan Rice is, and that's no slight on Declan Rice, who nah. I think is brilliant. Speaking of yeah. this margin of error, which might have to be the title of the podcast, <laughs> a Conor Gallagher ninetieth minute winner. I don't know how sustainable that one is. Chelsea look better under Graham Potter than they do with yeah. with Tuchel. Maybe I put that down to having so many weeks of time off. I think he played one match since before this one. Since, yeah, yeah, since, the, since, the, since the, queen, the queen really and Chelsea are solid. They really slightly the really Brighton, Brighton and Chelsea might look at the queen and say, "Thank you, Lizzie." But yes, yes. So the the football looks better in a sense of, and at least attacking wise, it looks better. Like, oh, okay, this is a new idea. I like that. And I suspected that's what Potter would do. Like we would see elements of Potter ball, essentially. Um, however, the fundamentals of just what this team is haven't changed because you change a manager, you don't change 30 players. They're still reliant on individual brilliance in order to get points. It's not system-based as yet. And obviously Potter it needs will, time. Yeah. It's only been a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So Yang's goal really great finish but that's not a, a product of the system as such it's a long ball like you, you're not going to have tiago silva in the box heading it down to your center forward like that's not a realistic idea no. like that's not a pattern of play oh yeah our, our center back is going to be basically a, a, a left winger that's not real life but Obama Yang yeah. scores from it. The game yeah. goes how it goes, and Conor Gallagher scores a good goal. But one, it's like the script, right? Like you, like you know what's in the script. Conor Gallagher comes back to Crystal Palace, who wanted him, and like yeah, it's like yeah. he'll probably score, and that's what he did. So, the individual brilliance of the goals is welcome. So that's a positive yeah. thing. But there are still structural issues with Chelsea, and I will leave Chelsea there unless you have a quick thought. No, I just, it's just, it's again, it's the margin. Obama Yang gives you margin for error. He gave it to Barcelona last year when he went there. Six months, he was there. He was the top scorer in La Liga while he was at the club, while he was a starter at the club. And it, and it was having a goal scorer there gives you that margin for error. And Chelsea need that. I think the reason the football is better under under Potter is because Potter has his idea of how to play, right? And that's mm -hmm. it. Tuchel came in, and I think he came in with Chelsea at such a low ebb under Lampard. That it was like, okay, I need to fix this straight away. What can I do? Defense is the easiest thing. Because remember, Tuchel at uh, Dortmund was like hysterically open. Like he was like ultra Wenger. <laughs> His teams were awful defensively. Like I was thinking, this is going to be great fun. But he went completely the other direction because it was like, I need to get results. And what's the best way to do that? Shut them down, you know, public enemy. Uh, <laughs> And just win by the odd goal here and there. And you've, when you've got the, the greatest pressing machine in the history of football, you know, in the history of the Earth, the Milky Way, space, time, or cloud, universe, you know, the beloved N'Golo Kante. Oh, wow. You can do that. The man is like three people in one as a pressing machine. There's no one better. And it just, it, it makes the, the center of the, the pitch, especially the bit inside your own half, impossible, really. Yeah. As Real Madrid found out to their to their peril, Man City found out in the Champions League run, you know, that was ridiculous. It, it, you know, he must be cursing that Messi won the Copa America, uh, Argentina won the Copa America, because that Ballon d'Or was his, man. That yeah, man of the match, semi-final, both legs, uh, final, club, just unreal, unreal. And he didn't, he didn't make is, top three because of Jorginho, you know. 
which which is just the strangest thing in the history of the universe. I, well, I still, it's I it's it's the Euros. Like it was COVID essentially okay. because yeah, COVID meant yeah, that you pushed was, the 2021. And... Yeah. Anyway. That was bizarre, man. Because Conte, Conte is just is on just yeah. But the thing is, again, it's sustainability, right? Can't you can't play at that physical level for the, your entire career? Well, see, well, see this is this is this is the problem is that because of his particular skill set, Deschamps, yeah. Ranieri, Conte, Lampard, yeah. Sorry was a bit more nice to him, but everyone yes. else essentially played him as if, oh, I have a cheat code. This guy is worth two players. So essentially, yes. I get the benefits of a three-man midfield with two. And yes. basically, I can fill out the flanks or wherever I need to facilitate, whether it's another striker, another defender. Yeah. He makes up... He, he, he gives me a tactical advantage. Yeah. And, and as long as he's fit, you can understand the logic of playing two-man midfields. Yeah. But the stress and wear and tear of doing that for... 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, eight years. Obviously, exactly. it's going it's to take go. a toll to where now he, I think yeah. he needs to play, maybe not at Chelsea, right. but at the base yeah. of a midfield three. I mean, I, I think it depends on the system, really. Of but course, I think ultimately, he needs to just not be asked to do so much. Yeah. Um, which involves, I mean, that basically that for certain involves not playing Jorginho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> no, look, Chelsea, I think that they're really heading in the right direction. I like what they're doing under Potter. Potter, uh, as long as the players buy in, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's always the big thing for these kind of young coaches moving to big clubs is, are the superstars going to buy into their way of thinking? Because all the Brighton players did. They, they didn't question him. They did exactly what he asked, and it worked perfectly, right? Now, if the Chelsea players don't follow him, and he's lucky right now because I think the signing of Raheem Sterling was obviously at the time it was just, look, we can sign a superstar, let's sign a superstar. But I think that is, in hindsight, going to be massive for uh, Chelsea because he's... He's a, he's a leader because he is just who he is and he's won titles and he's won anything. But he's a very much a system guy that buys into systems because he had to, he's obviously with, at, at City, fantastic success with systems. So he's not going to, he's not only is he not going to give Potter any problems, he's probably going to be like, yeah, I'm with this guy. He's going to buy in. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's huge because that, and then Aubameyang, we know buys into systems. So again, did it with Barcelona. So that's going to set the temper right there. Those two, your main strikers, your main goal scorers, have bought into the system. And that's going to set filter down to that. The rest of the Mason Mount, we know, relentless worker, not going to give you any problems. The, 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 there are no characters in the Chelsea dressing room where, you, where previously there was Ian Nazar, there was yeah, Costi thinking, these guys are going to give you problems, aren't they? There's no one <laughs> in that Chelsea dressing room that I think would give you. They even got rid of Werner, so he can't sulk around the joint, you know, whining about his goals or lack of goals. So it's very much a, a a, uh, a team that's going to fight for you, you know. Not this season, but I'm I'm next season as long as Todd Bowley keeps investing. Let's see what happens because I'm, you know, Potter's very good, and if the players buy in and the players are good enough to play much better than they are right now, still need a midfielder. You can see where they were linked with yeah. Frankie De Jong, but let's see where they go. I'm quietly curious about Chelsea. I think that there's a potential for very very interesting things there. They have to be mentioned, and I apologize to Arsenal fans that, you know, Arsenal have been so irrelevant almost for like five years that me even thinking they need to be in the rundown, like my mental rundown, they're not there. But (laughs) as well as City are playing that we outlined in the first 30 minutes, they're not top of the league for a reason. And Arsenal got the job done in the North London derby. 
I don't know how sustainable they are as a title challenger, but they are up there for now. So what what do you make of Arsenal, maybe related to the game, if you watched it? They're very, very good. But the thing is, they have two good midfielders. And one of them is Thomas Partey, who should Mm -hmm. be in jail. Maybe he will be in jail. Who knows what happens there? Uh, and then was Granit Xhaka, who, I mean, he's playing brilliantly, so I'm not going to say, and I like Granit Xhaka, so I'm not going to say anything about it. But, but, you know, that's their problem. Their weakness has been filled. Their defense is good. It's really solid. Uh, uh, bringing Saliba back has allowed them to move Ben White out to right back so they don't miss Tommy Yasu anymore. And Zinchenko was inspired signing at left back means they don't have to worry about Kieran Tierney getting injured anymore. So that's fine. Their defense is fine. Goalkeeper Ramsdale, there's a rick in him, but whatever. Up front, Jesus is transformative. Get back. Bakari Saka keeps getting better and better and better. Martinelli is really good. Their problem is midfield. Their midfield is very light in terms of numbers. And it's very, very important, right? Like Partey and Jacka have to play. They have to play well every game. And I don't know that that will happen. It's just the bottom line. Um, and also, I don't know how well Mikel Arteta is, how good Mikel Arteta is at judge, judge, juggling games every three days. Last season, they had nothing. They had one game a week. And it was, and that helped them. Can you juggle game for three days without a weekly game plan for your opponent? I'm not sure that he can, but let's see. I, I'm, I'm happy to prove him wrong. Uh, Arsenal do play very nice football. Gabriel Jesus and uh, is is great. He's given them again. We're talking about the margin, margin for error because he's come and he's hit the ground running and he's scoring goals and that. And, and Martinelli obviously is a goal scorer as well. And Erdogan's playing well, so they've got a very good core. But the problem is that key central midfield area is very light. We saw Thomas Partey score against against. Uh, I mean. You Great know, Partey, goal, Jacka against a uh, squad, obviously. You know, those guys were important. They're key. They're huge. But what if there's only two of them? Who's their backup? Fabio Vieira? El Nenny? Those guys Lekonga. are not. Sambi Lekonga? They're not on the same level. <laughs> they're not on the same level. And it's just, yeah. that's the issue for Arsenal. That's the worry they have to have. Um, other, if everyone's fit, they're really good. They're, they're, but, you know, we saw against Man United, they're still Arsenal. They've had a very nice run to start the season. And don't. But, and the thing with, thing is, Easy runs can help uh, young teams sort of gel and become great. Happened to Man United, start of 2006, 2007. If you remember that team, the that was the Chelsea won title two years in a row. Arsenal won it the year before. United had won the title for three years. Uh, they had this young team with Rooney Ronaldo. They got rid of uh, Ruben Nistel. They had Rooney Ronaldo. They had uh, Luis Saha leading the line. And they had a sort of gentle run of fixtures to start the season, and they won loads of them, and it got the momentum. And then with that momentum, they then steamrolled everyone won the, won the title. I'm not saying Arsenal are going to do that because there was no Man City that season. They might play themselves into being a good team. But let's see, because United smacked them around in classic United fashion, didn't really have to even extend themselves too much. Spurs absolutely should have done the same thing, but they lost their nerve. I said, but there was one where I was like, Spurs can absolutely hook Arsenal on the break here. They just have to hold their nerve in defence. And of course, Hugo Lloris did not hold his nerve. And... That was it. Once he made that mistake, the game was over because Spurs yeah, are still Spurs and they're too easily rattled <laughs> by mistakes. So, <laughs> you know, they're still Spurs. Sorry, Spurs fans, it's still true. So, apart from money from Jacks 365, was Liverpool's midfield a crucial part of their success? The cover Absolutely, and work rate 100%. they provided for Trent and Robinson was one of the keys. And with the third oldest team in the Premier League, according to transfer mark, do they need to spend more in that position? It wasn't great in the traditional sense of great midfield. Uh, that's why they signed Thiago, because they could play to midfield. But essentially, it was a massive wall of pressing. And it, it was basically, they don't have Kante, so they had to play three guys in there to do Kante's job. And essentially, that, that was what it was. They were a wall of pressing in midfield. They won the ball back high enough. They made sure they could play a high line, so you couldn't make easy passes in behind the defence. And they freed up both fullbacks to attack, to attack at the same time. Mm. Uh, now the midfield is ageing. Teams can pick off the high line. 
and Trent is getting roasted because there's no one covering for him. <laughs> it's not Trent's fault. Trent, Trent plays in a system. A what? Oh, I don't know if I agree with right that now. one. No need, I don't know if I agree with that. I'll let it go. He can't, he's not a great <laughs> defender, but but he's not a great defender. But he's being he's no Reese James in defense, but he's being done dirty by the system because the system is set up and has been set up for his entire time in the team to cover for him. Henderson would cover for him. Henderson's not doing that anymore. Harvey Elliott's playing right midfield. Harvey Elliott's pushed up almost as high as Trent is. There's no one covering for him. So he's getting absolutely killed back there. And that's not entirely his own his fault. Um, okay. He's not as good a defender as Reese James, but it's not. Uh, uh, Reese James, by the way, is amazing. I hate Chelsea. Are gonna hate that Chelsea are gonna <laughs> sign him up and for like ten years. He's so good. He needs to play for Barcelona. He's Danny Alves. I said this before. He's he's the most like Danny Alves I've any I've seen any fullback compared oh, midfield, wow. centre back, right right back, right wing back. He's sensational. Anyway, yes. Next question. Um, <laughs> thoughts thoughts on Trincao and Sporting Lisbon in general. Could they possibly finish above Tottenham in their group? I don't know about Trincao, yes. but I'm sure you might know. Uh, Trincao is one of those players that, who has the skill set, physical and technical and tactical, to basically be one of the best players in the world. It's just mentally, can you make that jump? And I don't, he hasn't done it yet. I don't think he will necessarily, but tactically and physically, he's remarkable. He's sensational. Technically, he's outrageous. He's tall. He's fast. He can dribble. He's really, really good. He just needs that mental confidence. He appears to be getting it so far at Sporting Portugal. I don't know what they can do. The funniest thing is, honestly, Sporting were linked with signing Ronaldo back and they wanted it as a publicity thing. And their coach was like, no, you're not signing him back. Don't do that. They didn't. And now they win it. They can absolutely finish top of that group. Conte does not like the Champions League. He doesn't like playing every three days. Uh, <laughs> they absolutely can win that group. They're a really good team. Watch out for them. All right. Um, we got three more questions, I think. Um, let's, go, let's go. You have to make a permanent change from Gowan 6-9. Either football continues... As a 12-a-side yeah. game or a 9-a-side game, but the pitch stays the same size, which would you prefer? An extra body nine or two less? One more. One more. Just get even more crazy formations for Guardiola to do. No, one less. Because you get more space. You get more interesting athletic decisions. Players with that tactics would play a much larger part. You'd have to be much better covering space. It would reduce... Ironically, it would reduce the need for footballers to be mad, mad athletes because you couldn't cover that much ground for 90 minutes just athletically you'd have to do it tactically so it would make tactics evolve quite interestingly hmm let's say Haaland keeps putting up crazy numbers for the rest of his career wins the Euros with Norway and trophies in all different leagues will we have to have combos about him being the GOAT from Jabari maybe probably it's hard to say it's hard to say he'll be up there but look I'll put it this way no one ever talks about French Puskas as the one of the greatest players of all time uh you know, no one talks about uh, Hugo Sanchez, one of the greatest players of all time, right? This this thing where goal scorers are now one of the greatest players of all time, it's it's fake. It's a Fugazi. It's something that was invented to make the Ronaldo <laughs> Messi thing a thing. Holland isn't sexy enough. Holland, his football is not sexy I mean, enough to that. be. He can't be. If we're talking about Messi, if we're talking about Cruyff, if we're talking about Zidane, yeah. if we're talking about R9, if we're talking about Pele, Holland can't do stepovers. I've never seen him accomplish <laughs> one. So we're not having the GOAT conversation. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this, and I don't want to slander him while he's like at his pump and he's doing well. But if his, yeah. te if, if his technical ability doesn't fix up, this is the best he's going to be. But if he gets yeah. older and he's 28, 29, and the physical skills start to diminish, it can he get into the spaces that he sees? Maybe. I mean, let's may see. That, that, that's, what, that's what happened to Ronaldo. But, Ronaldo but, had to figure it out. But he's not Cristiano making his own Ronaldo. goals. Now, I do have a Vince Carter theory. That maybe I will tell you about later, but and and maybe that Ooh, might apply Carter. to Haaland. Okay. 
But okay, oh, I, I think I see what you're doing there, and I, I want to hear more about that. Look, listen, Pushka scored 616 goals, 620 games for Honved, right? And Real Madrid, 84 and 85 for Hungary, and he didn't play from the ages of 28 to 31 because of the Hungarian Revolution. He's unquestionably <laughs> the or one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. No one talks about him as the GOAT. Because no. goal scoring alone does not make you the GOAT. You need to be an artist, right? Pele yes. is not the GOAT because he's got 1,000 goals. Pele is one of the GOATs because he played beautiful football. He, he did right? bicycle And kicks. there are still people in Brazil, by the way, who think Corinthians was better than him. Maradona didn't score anywhere near the goals Pele did. Why is Maradona on his level? Because Maradona played beautiful football at an extremely high level. Messi... <laughs> Forget the goals. I mean, don't forget them, but Preach. his playmaking and his dribbling alone would make him put him in the GOAT conversation because his playmaking and dribbling alone is Zidane level. It's better than Zidane, really. Um, not as, oh, not as wow. elegant because who could be as elegant as Zidane? Oh, my days. That man's like a ballet dancer. Yeah, you have to do more than just score goals. Goal scorers are great. Goal scorers win the golden shoe, right? <laughs> this this whole thing of goal scorers have to win the Ballon d'Or, I don't like it. I rebuke it. Wholeheartedly with my chest. Goal scorers can win the Ballon d'Or if they do something exceptional. Like Diego Milito in 2010 should have won uh, the Ballon d'Or because he, he sealed the treble for Inter. Snyder. But Snyder. Snyder should have won the Ballon d'Or in 2010 because no, he no, was Milito, the artist. Milito. No, no, yeah, no, but Milito, literally, they won the Champions League final 2 0. They won the Coppa Italia 1 0 and they won the uh, uh, last game of Serie A 1 0 to win the title. All four, all four of those goals were scored by Diego Milito. Fair <laughs> so, enough. Like, he literally turned it, turned it from Leverkusen to, to Man United. Like he, it was him. He had to win the treble. He was so big for them all throughout the season. But yeah, it's being the goat. No, you have to be an artist. You can't just be a goal scorer. Goal Thank scorers you. win the golden shoe. He can be the greatest goal scorer of all time. I think he will end up being the greatest goal scorer of all time. But in terms of pure numbers and that, but no, he's not going to be the goat. The goat has to be an artist. Mbappe. Now there's someone who has a shout because Mbappe is an artist. Um, He's mm. even got the ego of an artist as well. But we're, mm. we're now fight, finding out he's got the <laughs> ego of an artist. But he's an artist. You watch him play, it's magic. It's beautiful. It's stardust in the eyes. You watch you watch Mbappe play, it's like listening to a beautiful symphony. You watch Harlem play, it's like listening to like Megadeth. It's freaking awesome and you love it, but it's it's loud and it's fast and it's hard. And that's why mm. you like it. Not, not necessarily because it's beautiful, mm. you know? Last question, um, and this is specific to me. Thoughts on the Bundesliga tax, Daniel, or is it just Chelsea tax now? I am, I'm, I'm, I'm reworking the numbers, Gatlock. I, I mean, I was always horrible at math, which is why I did English. But um, on the what is it, the chalkboard, working out the equation. So I will get back to farmers you not, about Bundesliga these, these tax. Far, okay? These farmers not paying their taxes, brother. I'm, you know, it's not, it's not on. Lewandowski <laughs> and, and Haaland. These farmers not paying their taxes. I mean, there is an argument that the Premier League is now a farmers league, but that's. A I mean, different look, it's, discussion. It's, it's it's not even the sunny SBL because there's only one team in it. So it's like, it's <laughs> what even is it? You know, it's, it's uh, yeah. Look, great goal scorers, world-class players make leagues uncompetitive when they gather all gather at one club. It's just as simple as that. Enjoy it while it's here. Football doesn't always serve up brilliance. Sometimes football is really, really bad. Exactly. So, Mohamed, I promised that I would get us out before Barca enter, and it's starting now. So, yeah, Mohamed, <laughs> I thank you for doing this. I thank you for giving me even a little bit more time than than, than what we had scheduled. It was a pleasure to talk with my you. Pleasure. Where where, where can people pleasure, follow you friend. again? Uh, on Twitter at Mohamed Butt, M U H A M U H A W M A D B U W T, and you know I'm there. I'm uh, I'm around. I'll be back on here hopefully sometime. You know, of course. Come back again. Chat chat the breeze with you lads. Mm -hmm. beautiful it's always, always good to talk football man always good so yeah this has been the talking tactics podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram facebook all the talking tactics i'm at Danny to look carl is at anchorman 616 have hope 
You can look them up at havehopefootball.com. All the links are in the description as well as Muhammad's. This has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.